The Heart of Art is brought to you by the Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts at Texas A&M University, bringing innovative and culturally diverse visual and performing arts programming to Texas A&M University and the Brazos Valley. The Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts fosters the creativity of our community via the transformative power of the arts. The Heart of Art, scoping the Brussels Valley for the best artists and bringing them to your radio. Hello, good evening, everyone. Welcome back to the KMU Studios. My name is Hector Nino, and you're listening to The Heart of Art. Today in the studio, we have a very special show planned for you. Uh, we have a visual artist in the studios, and her name is Tyler Kay. She has a focus on wall murals, and she does these amazing uh, floral images of all colors, shapes, and sizes. Uh, and we had a great time. She's a great conversationalist, and she told me everything about her art, and it was so exciting. If you'd like to check out her work, you can go to tyler-k.com. So you can compare her works while we're having this discussion. All right, and now for our art announcements, we have the Stark Galleries uh, just opened a new exhibition titled The Frontier, an Abstract Narrative. And this is a student exhibition that uh, actually opened yesterday, November 1st. And uh, the student is Colin Lance. And he explores the complex relationship between humanity and the natural world. Uh, he does this through the use of photography and painting, so the mixing of the two is quite interesting. Uh, and in this exhibition, the viewer has a personal dialogue with the composition. Uh, so yeah, you can go and check this out from now until November 13th. And this is an MSC 1110, which is the Stark Galleries. So make sure to go check this out before it is too late. And now for our second art announcement, we have the Roundtop Festival Institute will be presenting Viktor Volkov, uh, a concert pianist. And this is set to happen this Saturday, November 5th at 3 p.m. at the Festival Concert Hall. Victor has been named the Lion of the Keyboard uh, because of his skills. So this is definitely an event that you would not want to miss if you are able to there at Round Top, Texas. Uh, if you want more information on this, you can go to festivalhill.org. That's festivalhill.org. All right, let's start my conversation with Tyler. Today in the studio, we have a very special guest. She is a visual artist and painter with a specialization in wall murals. She was named one of Katie's top 100 influential women by Katie Magazine and has been commissioned by big companies such as Converse. Uh, if you'd like to check out her website, it is tyler-k.com and her name is Tyler K. So hi, Tyler. How are you today? Hi, I'm doing great. Awesome. Um, you know, I got so lucky today because you were in our vicinity. Yes. <laughs> right. And um, is it, can I ask what you're working on or is it top secret? Oh, no, it's not top secret. Okay. Um, so this week I had uh, several events in Columbus and Sealy area. So I kind of made them all together in one week. Awesome. Um, so my family's from Cat Spring. So I stay there with my grandparents while I did a, I did a live painting at a charity auction um, at the Big Easy Ranch oh, wow. in Columbus on Tuesday. And then I taught a live painting class last night in Columbus. So I kind of, when you um, emailed me, I was like, this is the perfect week. I'll shoot out there tomorrow. 
And today I'm just round topping. I'm going to go to Warrington and shop and have fun. So Nice, nice. I mean, you're very busy, very busy artist. Yeah, I have to take those breaks, though. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so I like to go through the background of my guests first before we go into your art um, and kind of see where that love for art started. Uh, so where would you call home? Is it Katie? It's um, I always feel like I'm divided between Katie and Columbus and Sealy just mm-hmm. because um, I lived in Katie when I was young. Then we moved out to our property and built. And so I went to Sealy and then I went to Columbus. Then mm-hmm. I went back to Katie when my parents divorced. But my dad was still living in Columbus and he still lives there now and works in Columbus. And um, my family lives in Cat Spring. They're all in the Sealy area. So you know, with divorced parents, you're kind of half and half. Right. So I, I would really say it's, well, Katie, because I went to school there, I have so many friends there and stuff, but it's really like the countryside of me is out here in Columbus and Sealy. And then there's the Katie side of me. It's kind of, I, I don't know. I call both home. Yeah. Yeah. Country and city girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, and who kind of started this love for art for you? I would say I spent all summers with my grandmother and my Mimi, and she would just take me to Hobby Lobby and let me get whatever I want. So I taught myself how to sew by third grade. Um, You know, and back then we didn't have, like, YouTube and stuff. It was just books. So Mm -hmm. I'd get those books, and um, there were a few TV shows I'd watch uh, about painting, and she'd buy me the whole kit. And I really just – she nurtured that exploration of my creative side. So I really got to experiment with whatever I wanted. Um, and then also my aunt, my aunt Tori, she let me paint upstairs in her game room. I painted the entire game room. I think I was like in sixth grade. Really? So a lot of my family members contributed by just letting me paint and draw and, you know, hanging wow. my stuff up when I when I drew something. And right. So you started early with those wall murals. I did. <laughs> wow. But so whenever I was younger, you know, that's what I did in the summer. Like I really never was around TV. I was very much outside all the time. Mm-hmm. So um, really that's, that's how it started. Mm-hmm. And was nature already an inspiration for you when you were young? Probably like whenever you're raised in the country, I feel like a lot of people can relate. Your parents are like, you get home from school get back outside, you know, like kind of lock the door and y'all are only allowed to go play outside. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and we grew up, whenever I moved out to Sealing Columbus, uh, it was actually a town called Bernardo is where the property is. Oh. We would just go and explore and play and go out of the pond, swim in the ponds. You know, we were just outside all day. So yeah. really, I just never watched TV. And I guess that's why I, I just was on the go outside all the time. Awesome. Sounds like a very awesome childhood. It was fun. <laughs> very fun. Um, and then you went on to the University of Houston, right? Mm-hmm. And you got a Bachelor of Arts and a Master's in Arts Leadership. Yes, but don't forget I was here at Blinn. Really? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I did not know that. I went from, I graduated from Cinco in 2011 and I came to Blinn or as a and people like to call it Blender Garden. Blender Garden. <laughs> so I went to Blinn and mm-hmm. that's where uh, I went to school for my freshman year. All right. And what made you um, major in art? So when I went to Blinn, I actually was an economic economics major, and I, my goal was to do law. I had do, done two years at the Miller Career Center in Katy um, in their criminal justice program. I've done, I did mock trials. I was so interested in all oh, that. Wow. And so then, you know, in my, my sophomore year when my boyfriend, he passed away in a tragic car accident, 
Uh, he was a senior at Cinco Ranch at the time. Um, it really made me just question what I was doing for my live like life. I was mm-hmm. what was I going to do? Something that wasn't fulfilling, or was I going to live my life to like its fullest potential right. and do what I was like naturally gifted at and what excited me every day to wake up and do. So that's yeah. really why I changed majors. So I and why I came, I went back to Houston. Um, in Houston, I was able to live, well, I lived in a rent house for a little bit, but then I moved back in with my parents. You know, the, I needed the support from the loss. Right. So that's why I transferred back to U of H. Um, I transferred in as an economics major though. Oh, wow. And then eventually I, I changed my major. Okay. Yeah, so this loss kind of made you question everything you were it doing. It did, yeah, because um, my boyfriend's name was Chris Saiz. He was so gifted in basketball. I mean, he would be at the gym at 5 a.m., like in high school. He just would wow. go early. He was such a hard worker, and he was definitely going to go play college ball somewhere. And when he passed, it was just like all that work, all that hard work for nothing. Mm-hmm. So I said, you know, like, but he left a legacy. So if he did that in his, you know, 18 years, 17 years, then I have, I want to do something like that too. So if I die at 21 or something, I want to at least say that I did something cool. That was kind of my like whole, so I call it mortality motivation because that's what I kind of, I made up a word for it, I guess. Mm -hmm. It's just, it motivated me because death was so, it was right there, you know? Wow. Um, Thank you for that. I'm so sorry for your loss. It's okay. Um, But I, I mean, you. I love that I got you to where you are yeah, today. Yeah, <laughs> uh, me too. It was be- It was beautiful that uh, I got to cross paths with him in his life. That's what I'm grateful for. Right. So, yeah. Oh, well, now we can go into the art. <laughs> so why the focus on flowers? Is there a message that you want to get across to your audience? Um, so it's funny because whenever you're first starting out as an artist, like I used to just draw a little bit of everything um, when I started. Just really, I just... It's weird. It's almost like, what's your favorite color? Right. If you say blue, why blue? Well, I just like the color blue. <laughs> so that's kind of like whenever you're experimenting as an artist, like what you like to do, whether it's sewing, um, sculpture, you know, painting, singing, like you just like to do it. Like that's the best way I can explain it. Right. I drew so many different things and painted and flowers were really what I felt the most free with. Mm. I didn't. I I wasn't copying anyone. I can get imagery everywhere. There's so many hundreds, thousands types of different botanicals out there. So it was something that for me had endless, it really helped me tap into my endless creativity. Mm -hmm. Then I developed my glitch series, which is where I finally started making the florals my own. Mm -hmm. But the floor, like it kind of just started with me feeling like this can be my own, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, I love there was this piece that you have grow through what you go through. Yeah. And I think it fits perfectly with your experience. Yeah. Um, and I think that's an interesting. And we, I there. did it. I had the opportunity to do that at Lost in Terra. It's across the street from Cinco. Oh, really? Okay. From where I went to high school, where, awesome. we, where Chris and I both went to high school. It was like a complete full circle thing to get wow. that mural. That's beautiful. Yeah, that was <laughs> really. cool. Um, so, I mean. I wanted to ask what your artistic process is like and specifically in the wall murals because I feel like there should be some planning going on there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, what's your artistic process like? So I start out with um, usually a client will message me saying, hey, I would like a mural. I I message back. Um, if they don't give me enough detail, I ask um, 
I price murals based on dimensions and complexity. So I asked them to um, send me an image of the wall so I can see like the texture of the surface I'm working on. Um, And I asked them to explain kind of what they what they have in mind but I make sure to tell them don't think you have to design it that's my job like just give me your idea of the vibe you want so then once I have those two components um, I send them a bid and if the bids agreeable I get a 50% deposit uh, and the remaining 50% upon completion all right and then uh, the deposit secures the design start period so I I block off a two-week period of when I design their mural and I create a fully uh, colored digital rendering in Photoshop. Oh, wow. And then I also schedule when I start their mural. So that's kind of how my year is. I have weeks where I'm designing and weeks on murals. Sometimes they overlap. Sometimes I'm like on a mural at night. I'm coming home working on a design. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Tough. Yeah, so I feel like you definitely have like your business model down as yeah. an, art- as an yeah. artist. For awesome. Sure. All right, you guys, we will be going on a quick break, but do not go anywhere. We will be right back. Support for KAMU is provided by the Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts, presenting the following evening by acclaimed theater makers 600 Highwaymen, a new play that celebrates the impermanence of theater and the tenacity of love. Performing Friday, November 4th at 7 p.m. in Rudder Forum. More information at academyarts.tamu.edu. Hello, good evening, everyone. Welcome back to the KME Studios. My name is Hector Nino, and you're listening to The Heart of Art. Now we will be returning to my interview with Tyler Kay, the wall muralist. I was going to talk about your glitch series. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I mean, to me, it reminded me of like when, I, when we would wear those blue and red little 3D glasses. Uh-huh. So it's like really fond memories of that. Um, but what was your inspiration for it? Um, I, I can't even remember how I figured it out. I think I like... I was just experimenting in Photoshop, right? Hmm. And then I did that, and I was like, oh, that's fun. Like, I'm getting more colors than this colorful flower could even give me. So that's kind of where I started with it. And then, you know, I was trying to figure out, like, okay, I feel like this is my own. So, like, how can I, like, tell my story or, like, like tell my – like, I wanted it to be kind of, like, more than just a more colorful flower. (laughs) So that's why I decided to – um, t- I have a series of glitch that's just one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, whatever. But there's certain ones that I uh, I label with a date. Mm. And so the way the glitch series works is I label them with a date that I believe um, changed my life or like redirected my life. Mm-hmm. So like, for example, um, glitch 12.21, that's the day Chris passed away. It's mm-hmm. my purple glitch flower. And um, that was my first glitch I ever created too. And it was, it's my most popular, it's my most popular print I've ever sold. It's like still selling on my website. And um, yeah, so it's crazy because like that piece, I really created it. And I was like, yeah, this one's gotta be 12.21. And I created it with the most heart and it was my, it's my most like successful painting. But then I, like my next one that I paired with it, those two went to be exhibited at Art Basel in 2018 i believe and uh, i titled that glitch 8.10 which is august 10th that's my first day i started um 
I was just an a, assistant at a gallery. But it was my first time leaving all my waitressing jobs and starting to get a job when I changed my major. Wow. So then I eventually um, worked my way up to being a gallery director there at B-Song Art Gallery in Houston. And so, you know, I named the, the florals whenever it changes the trajectory of my life after that date. Yeah, like a glitch in your life. A glitch in my life, yeah. Wow, that's like I know. mind-blowing. I'm I really that. proud that, like, once it, it all came together, I got the chills again talking about it because, like, once I created it and, like, it all it all came together, you know? Yeah, it's like a form of timekeeping. It is. Even. That's yeah. awesome. Um, how much creative power do you have when it comes to commissions? Um, well, last year, it, it kind of varies based on, and, you know, of course it varies based on what projects I want to take. Because fortunately right now I, I do receive like a lot of requests and it's I do get to choose like, okay, I kind of want to get at a higher price point than that. Like, um, but let me think. Last year I was, I had, La Sintera said do your thing. So the mm-hmm. grow through what you go through. They said do your thing, whatever. And I gave them the design. They said that's awesome. Um, the city of Baytown, they commissioned me. They said we have a wall, do your thing. So I do get several times that people are like, we love your glitch. Um Sometimes companies message me and they're just like, hey, we love your floral glitch pieces. Can you come do a mural? So mm-hmm. sometimes people want that. And then sometimes, like, I just completed uh, last last December a mural for the city of Columbus. And they wanted, you know, they gave me a few, like, themes. They wanted it to be postcard. They wanted it to be descriptive of all the elements of their town. They mm-hmm. wanted the oak trees. So then I came up with a design for that. So some, and like, but I was interested in that because it's somewhere that I'm from. So I don't know if I'd necessarily take on the projects outside of florals if I wasn't interested in it. Definitely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love that you do those, that hometown mural because I feel like it makes people really proud in their hometown as well. Yeah, absolutely. Have you competed in art competitions? Well... Not really. Yeah. I I exhibit well before COVID. I used to exhibit like I've exhibited at Art Basel twice, and I've exhibited at Scope in New York. Mm-hmm. But wow. um, after COVID, I kind of just I mean things kind of slowed down and picked up, and I've been local. Um, I am focusing more on my canvas works. I have my first solo uh, exhibition happening at the Live Oak Art Center in Columbus, oh, wow. where I just taught the painting class last night. Your first one? Your first solo exhibition? Yes. And what what's also crazy about that is in fifth grade, when I was in Columbus, I did rodeo art. And I don't even think I, I placed or anything. They just hung everyone's rodeo art in the art center. Mm-hmm. And now I'm having my first solo show in that art center. Wow. So it's like technically I got my first piece of art hung in that gallery. And now it's my first solo show. Well, another full circle mm-hmm. <laughs> again. It just yeah. keeps happening. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. Congratulations Thank for that. You. That's a big accomplishment. Thanks. I'm excited. I got a lot of work to do for it, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I asked the question because I saw that you are now a uh, judge for competitions as well. Oh, yeah. So Katie uh, Katie invited me to judge like the Rice Harvest Festival mm-hmm. event. It's fun whenever I get invitations like that. I've only done a couple and they're like usually festivals or something, mm-hmm. but it's really fun still to be recognized to judge. You know, I'm. it's kind of like a me. You know, because time just has been a warp since I started my business. It's like you're just hustling for the next job and you're trying to get your murals completed as fast as possible to get to the next one. Mm -hmm. Not only 
for the monetary part of it, but for also my portfolio. Like as many murals I create in a year is as many I can add to my portfolio to Definitely. submit to other projects. Yeah, and it's getting you recognized for right. sure. <laughs> Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I feel like we spoke about your business model a little bit, and I think a lot of our listeners are, you know, starting off artists. So mm-hmm. if you have any tips to kind of develop that business model for them, I mean, what would you what would you say? Oh, that's a big one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can like just starting like maybe going backwards a little bit. So I believe let's see, I started in 2012. So literally I'm 10 years in it. Wow. Yeah. So this year I'm just I just signed three license deals this month for my work to be reproduced on merchandise. Yes. Um and there's another one like in the works. So I did a mural with Don't Mess With Texas that's in the airport in Bush. And they're working on a licensing agreement to merchandise. And then the city of Lufkin, the city of Columbus, we're working on merchandising. And Mm -hmm. I'm having merchandise in Tanger outlets in South Houston. So, but I, it took me 10 years to get here. Like Mm -hmm. you have to have a cohesive body of work, which are my florals, you know. And Mm -hmm. I knew from the beginning I want to paint florals. But sometimes you have to paint the stuff you don't want to paint to get to the point you want to get to I've painted so much stuff that I'm like not excited about wait you know in the first beginning years Mm -hmm. to get to where I can paint the flowers so that's something else you have to really give you know it's like a musician you got to play the cover song so people hear your voice and they want to hear your stuff that's kind of the same um my cousin his name's Carson Jeffrey a lot of people around here know him he went to Texas A&M he's a, a country singer and he's really doing well. But right. he also, like, kind of goes through the same struggle. So I can see the similarities with musicians and visual artists. Right. You got to get That's why this. I name, like, the art. I always think of, like, him as a musician, like, how it correlates with uh, visual arts. It's There's a lot of similarities. Yeah, artists in general mm-hmm. yeah, have to do the stuff they don't really want to do before they do the stuff they Yeah. They so that's my to. thing is just, like, if you're in the beginning and you're feeling like you're just, I don't know, just painting to paint you know and it's not your purpose that's it's not forever you Mm -hmm. just have to really work your way and make the the clients you know your network is your net worth Mm -hmm. and your clients like treat every single client like they're bill gates because you're it matters that you're a good person and it matters that you do quality work Mm -hmm. quality over quantity so like i may be on a mural for three months but there is every detail on the leaf on that mural, you know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you have to think your work, your art may outlive you. Yeah. And that's your name. And it's representing you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I feel like your painting has led you to so many opportunities. It's amazing. And mm-hmm. you even partnered with uh, the Scopelos Foundation for the Arts, right? Scopelos. Scopelos. Yeah. Okay. And so, that's an international nonprofit, right? Yes. And what do they do? So that was part of my graduate thesis. Oh. Um, it was called a practicum. So when I went, I continued my education at U of H and I received my master's in arts leadership and my practicum. So you had to pick a nonprofit to work for and that you had to get hours and then you had to write like a dissertation. So I being my go big or go home self, I guess I was like thinking, okay, I want to be a muralist. Like I knew at the time I just saw a muralist around Houston and I was like, I want to do that. Like I want to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, so I didn't know how to get there really, but I thought for my practicum, I was like, okay, 
let me go somewhere that doesn't have murals and kind of do a study on like community because I, I wanted I, I knew all the positives of murals the community engagement the increased um, appreciation for your community all these things but what better what better location to actually take note of it all besides a community that has no murals mm. so the Scopulos Foundation for the Arts it was founded by two individuals from Washington so they're American so Americans living in Greece. So they spoke English. Mm-hmm. Although a lot of the children I worked with there didn't speak English, there really wasn't much of a, a barrier because you're just using colors. And that was another beautiful thing that I noted is like pointing. The kids would teach me colors. Like there, there was so much we could do not speaking the same language. Just right. like our, that you always say you can still like hear beautiful music and it's not even in your language and mm-hmm. you love it. Right. Um, so I went there and I... I went there the first time for a month and then I had to come back to like reset my visa. And I went and I, when I came back, I actually did the mural here in Bryan. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's funny. During my break, I came back and did that mural. And then I went back for two months and I completed a total, the community and I completed a total of six murals on the Island and, uh, one at the fire station, one at the uh, two at the junior high, one at the elementary school, uh, one at the like community center. Awesome! And did you get to see their reactions to this? Oh yeah, they were helping me like every mm-hmm. day. All the kids. And what's wow. crazy is there was like this group of kids that were no like there was graffiti everywhere, and they knew what kids it was. It's an island, mm-hmm. so they were actually like wanting to get out there and uh, pressure wash. Mm-hmm. And there's also like. They don't paint the stone white there. They actually use, it's just calcium, like bones. So picture uh-huh. if you, if there's like a bone sitting out in the sun, you know how it turns white? Mm-hmm. The same concept is for the walls in Greece, if, in Santorini. If you see all the white, it's just because the what they cover that stone in is like some calcium something. So with the sun, it just gets brighter white. Wow. I thought that was fascinating because okay. me knowing paints, I was like, what? That's amazing. Yeah, it is really cool to know. Wow. So, anyways, but they were wanting to like repaint all the walls over their graffiti with that stuff. They were really, really like being engaged, That's and great. and that was something that like the principal noted that they were being more like less disruptive and more like, oh yeah, we're gonna clean this up. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> I mean, I love that art is just like a worldwide language that we can Me all too. communicate with. It was yeah. really cool to experience that. That's awesome. Um, and then now you've started your own business, Bloom Bloom Pow. Yeah. Right. I saw it on your on your Instagram yeah. profile. What is that? Okay. So Bloom Bloom Pow. I started that in the end of 2019, the worst time ever to start a business oh, because yeah. COVID. So originally Bloom Bloom Pow was going to be, uh, like faux floral, like a rain, like archways, the backdrops, like all of that. I was going to oh. do, with everything with the fake florals. So then COVID happened and like supply chain issues like crazy, as everyone knows, shipping costs like crazy, totally just threw a wrench in my whole business plan. Mm -hmm. So now what I'm devoting that uh, Bloom Bloom Pow to is I'm eventually I'm trying right now to venture into the sculptural side of work where I like actually uh, I actually get people to create get companies to create sculptures or um, mosaics. So I'm definitely venturing into, that's like my, I would say five-year, but I'm very aggressive, so it's probably like a two-year plan. Uh-huh. Um, so Bloom Bloom Pow is just going to be like, 
it's like an extension of my brand, mm -hmm. but I wanted to separate the painting from the sculptural side. Okay, right. So that's like what I, I'm going to use it as now. Wow, that's awesome. I'm, I'm so excited to see what that turns into. Me too. I can't wait to like start creating some vibrant, glitch sculptures. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I saw there were people tagging uh, your account already and there uh -huh. was like a beautiful arch and you know, like a bicycle with flowers yeah. as well. Yeah. So yeah, I'm very Those were a few installations I, I put in and then that was right whenever we got shut down for COVID. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, okay, well, I don't completely have to like dissolve the company because it it's sculptural. Th that was sculptural. Maybe it's not the same idea I had, but I shifted it because I knew that I wanted to do sculpture in the future. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, Tyler, thank you so much for stopping by. Yeah, I absolutely. learned so much. Um, I love your brand. I love what you're going for. Thank and you. I can't wait to see where, where this takes you. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Anytime. All right, you guys, that is the show for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. And a big thank you to Tyler K for stopping by and having this conversation with me. Thank you so much for teaching me everything about your art. Um, if you know of an art event or know of an artist that would like to get interviewed, make sure to email theheartofart at tamu.edu. And have a great week and make sure to tune in next week. I'm Hector Nino, and you've been listening to The Heart of Art a production of 90.9 KAMU-FM. You can find all of our shows anytime at kamu.tamu.edu. The Heart of Art is brought to you by the Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts at Texas A&M University, bringing innovative and culturally diverse visual and performing arts programming to Texas A&M University and the Brazos Valley. The Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts fosters the creativity of our community via the transformative power of the arts.